Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you battle the Pope? Like I said, you will find out in this your podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within a specific category. For example, this week, we're looking for the best Assassin's Creed game that isn't an Assassin's Creed game, and you can't have Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Ubisoft, of course, just announced a ton of new Assassin's Creed projects, which is great news for me. I love Assassin's Creed. I love it so much that I'm not even going to sully the occasion by crowbarring in some tenuous joke about my boss being some sort of crumbling ruin speaking of which i'm joined by editor-in-chief tom ory uh we're also joined by associate editor alex donaldson and guide editor james billcliffe who won last time uh you were on if i recall correctly james and so yes you you recall correctly and the decision was also correct right so uh, does that cancel out the time before that when you lost um, and you smarted about it for like three weeks <laughs> the, yeah yeah it, it, i'm still sore about losing again uh, on the basis of controls to a game on a console with a Rube Goldberg machine as a controller, but whatever. Right, so uh, we've got a big topic to get into because every game since Assassin's Creed has been an Assassin's Creed game on some level, <laughs> hasn't it? Um, Alex, what's your choice? I'm going back to, to, to when Assassin's Creed was relatively new. Because, um, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, you are going back. And especially Ubisoft, right? Like, they released so much. I can't think there was that, there was that, racing game they did where you race across america i can't think what it was called was that the crew yeah crew. and even yeah. that was an assassin's creed game basically <laughs> it had towers and everything and it was a bloody racing game but i'm going for something quite different so my pick is the saboteur so lovely this is a great game uh final game from pandemic studios before ea yeah god rest destroyed them, them. Yeah. um and yeah basically the saboteur is, I would guess you would say, it's Assassin's Creed with a tiny sprinkling of sort of some elements of GTA and stuff like that. And you play as an Irish race car driver who, like, drinks loads, constantly drunk. Um, and he emigrates to France because he's wanted by the law, because of course he is. Um, mm. And basically world war ii nazi occupation of france and he becomes this freedom fighter who is basically an assassin um and it has a lot of similar sort of um sort of mechanical beats to assassin's creed so the sandboxy design the way the stealth works the lots and lots of climbing it it being a little bit open-ended it being all about revenge it's Mm. all very assassin's creed and um the thing that I love about it is early on in Assassin's Creed, for those first two free games, well, for those first two free numbered games, obviously they did three Assassin's Creed 2 games. We spent, I think, well, I don't know about everyone else, but I spent a lot of time thinking about where is this series going, the modern day stuff with Desmond. It was like, yeah, yeah, where yeah. is it going to end up? Um, and this was the first game that, to me, gave this glimpse of, here's what an Assassin's Creed would be like if it was in a relatively contemporary setting. Mm. where you've got assassinations but you've also got guns and cars cars yeah um yeah, you know it's, and thing. it wasn't exactly contemporary because obviously it was second world war but it's a hell of a lot more contemporary than everything assassin's creed was doing at the time mm-hmm. and i feel like actually assassin's creed could have gone in one of two different directions after the first few games which was basically they could have gone and made games like the saboteur or they could have gone and made 
stuff which leaned into the fantasy, which is what they ended up doing. Obviously, you yeah, know, you've yeah. now got gods and all sorts in Assassin's Creed. But yeah, I just, I just love it. Any game that sort of um, gives you not there's many, many games that are about killing Nazis, but surprisingly few open worldy sort of games that are about that. Um, and so I really love that they built this, you know, they built this Nazi occupied version of Paris that you yeah. can go around. Had that beautiful sort of um, often looked quite grey, didn't it? But the it lights was, would yeah, pop they and stuff. they played with color in, in quite a similar way to the the way Assassin's Creed games do. Actually, when like you've got eagle mode and you've got like all the the kind of the different primary colors for different kinds of targets and that. But um, the saboteur had uh, it was like a. a a Sin City thing where it was all black and white in yeah. occupied districts apart from like certain objects that would, it had a really striking look. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and interesting that they, they did Paris years before Ubisoft got around to it yeah. and that's, that's kind yeah. of home turf for them. So, um, but yeah, so uh, I, I love, I love the saboteur. I really enjoyed playing it at the time. If, if I, I loved it so much, the studio closed. <laughs> I think the thing was EA had because this is the thing I was looking this up and it sold okay and it received yeah. quite good reviews um, but I think by the time that game was nearly finished the way I've always read that situation personally is that what EA wanted was Bioware what EA wanted was Mass Effect and Dragon Age and Pandemic and Bioware were owned by the same holding company and so they came as a package deal so I feel like the writing was almost on the wall for Pandemic from the moment they were purchased. What did they do before the Saboteur? The Mer- Mercenaries 2 was the one right before that, wasn't it? They did Mercenaries 2. They did um, uh, that Lord of the Rings conquest yeah. game. Mm. Um, they obviously, uh, they did, they were involved in the first, in the early Star Wars Battlefront games. Mm. Ironically, right, that's the thing. And then... They close them, and then years down the line, EA ends up making Star Wars Battlefront. They could have, they could have done with keeping some of those guys around. Um, yeah, except they made they it did. a battlefield game and also shit. Yes, but, they did yes. Full Spectrum Warrior, which is a game that I hold close to my heart, even though it's very much. Um, I hold that close to my heart, not but I haven't played it. I only hold it close to my heart because there was always adverts for it um, during Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I just remember, like, that was the whole thing where that game, it was like, this is a game based on the real tools they used to teach tactics in the US military. Yeah. And they made a big deal out of that. And obviously, at the time, you know, that came out in 2004. So we were right in the thick of war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The forever war. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love the saboteur. Um, and, uh, God, that, that's that's a it's one it's kind of at the tail end of that. We were talking about that before uh, with GTA clones. I think actually on an episode James was on, um, mm. and uh, we had this really inventive period, basically in the first decades of of this century, uh, where there was tons of GTA clones all doing like really kind of weird and wonderful things with the format, and and mm-hmm. Saboteur was one of them. It was, uh, it was really striking. You wouldn't get a mainstream video game with that kind of art style and uh that does that kind of thing with color grading anymore i don't think well, when you think about that generation it's the brown generation right like <laughs> I, when yes. i think of that generation the game that pops into my mind of all things and i think i've probably said this before is 50 cent blood on the sand i feel for like me it's army of two so <laughs> yeah it's similar right it's like a slightly crap game that's inspired by gears of war that is yeah. so brown yeah, yeah. and so 
beat it. I, I mean, I love 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. I'm sure I'll pick it one one week for this. The interesting thing about The Saboteur, I think, is it is if if Assassin's Creed and GTA had a baby, but there's yeah. so much Assassin's Creed in it. And I think the sad thing, again, to what, to what Tom said is it didn't really get a chance to, like, even the end of the game, it's sort of the last line of the game is one of those classic stingers, which is meant to lead into a sequel of him saying... Yes, we've defeated the Nazis here, but we're just getting started, and it's like, oh, they're <laughs> going to go somewhere else now. And then EA closed them. And to, to give to give a sort of you know a timeline on that, you know, EA completed the purchase of Pandemic in January 2008. The Saboteur came out in December 2009. Yeah, um, that was a month after EA closed Pandemic. So EA closed Pandemic even before the Saboteur was finished. Wow um they 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 took a handful of pandemic employees into ea los angeles who made command and conquer who also no longer exist um (laughs) and so though that handful of employees that small team of 30 40 people finished the saboteur and then that was it what what a swan song for a studio is probably their best game i would really you know it probably is their best i mean a lot of people love uh battlefront and battlefront 2 um yeah and obviously they did destroy all humans which a lot of people love also yeah the original yeah. Yeah. mercenaries is good at the time sequel is a bit naff but yeah but i do think the saboteur is probably their best game it's definitely their most artistic game as well yeah. like we said about that art style it is really really striking and yeah it's definitely part of what i think of as a golden age of open world games that aren't gta so you had this um and like i mean the 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 360 godfather 2 game was really good oh yeah and scarface as well and loads of stuff like that, that was ps2 wasn't it yeah but, um loads of mad stuff like that and I, I suppose destroy all humans is kind of in the same vein as like a that's kind of a gta clone isn't it in a way yeah and saint um, of course but obviously saint Row now is crap yeah i mean it's <laughs> always been a bit crap uh james you've got a really weird choice. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the PS2, I'm uh, I'm so intrigued as to how you're going to fit this into the topic. Uh, I'm really excited to hear from from you on this one. Well, what is your pick? Yeah, I've taken a little bit of a gamble in that, in my infinite wisdom, I've chosen what is essentially a kid's game that came out when you were all about 26. <laughs> so... <clears throat> It's gonna, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a tough sell. On Top um, Legends too. It's on Top Legends too. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I just point out that you've got a beautiful wee cat behind you? I do. He's very sweet. I think mine's doing a shit somewhere, but we'll carry on. <laughs> a, a brilliant audio feature there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so my choice this time is uh, Sly Two: Band of Thieves. You said we can't have a bad sucker punch game in Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> 2014's game of the year that for some reason came out in 2020. Um, so you've gone from for the sucker punch angle. So I've gone for a little bit of a sucker punch angle. But oh, yeah? okay. I think when you think of Assassin's Creed, a lot of people buy into the hype, buy into the marketing, I think, essentially, that it's a stealth game. But I think Assassin's Creed as a series has always kind of lent into that stealth game angle, but it's never really had any stealth mechanics. And it's more of a, a kind of globe-hopping character action game. And when I think of that, I go to one of my favorite games of all time, Sly 2 Band of Thieves. And it's um, it's in a similar vein as things like Ratchet and Clank, yeah, yeah. where it's a sort of for all ages game, but it has a lot of charm, a lot of effort, a lot of 
really good design and gameplay to it. And has anybody else played it? Is was it a bit after your time? Or? I think I played the remaster for a bit when it came out, but I I didn't fully get it. I'll be honest. I do like the I do like the the, the it's he's a burglar, right? He's a he's a cat burglar, but he's a fox or something. He's a raccoon. 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 Gee, it's darn complicated. <laughs> it's a fox or something. And you're thinking of Nate Fox, the sucker punch guy. You know, he's a raccoon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's a slow raccoon. So, it, seeing as none of you have played it, I'll, give, I'll do a bit more of an overview. So, it's a, it's basically a furry's dream. It's a world of fursonas. Yeah. Um, I was going to point that out. I, I was <laughs> debating with myself internally whether or not to mention the word furry, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, this video is already demonetized, so we'll... Uh, so yeah, so he's a raccoon uh, and he has is a ancestral inheritor of the Cooper gang. So his name's Sly Cooper and he's, he's the leader of the Cooper gang, who are a, a crack gang of furry thieves that go around stealing jewels and, and being sort of rogue lovable rogues in a sort of Han Solo, Indiana Jones kind of whip-cracking time or whatever. So the first game was a bit more of a uh, straight platformer in the kind of Crash Bandicoot Bay, and I think um, there was even kind of time limits on the levels and all stuff like that. Uh, but Sly 2 took it to the next level with more of a, a storyline, more of a, as I say, kind of a glow-popping adventure that was based on character action. And it includes a lot of things that you do see in Assassin's Creed with like alex said with the saboteur sandboxy levels there's that globe hopping angle with uh you go to different real world places like there's a paris level there's a prague level there's uh levels in india in canada in the north pole also so that sort of stuff and you are uh stealing pieces of your the cooper gang's kind of eternal rival clockwork who's like this big evil clockwork owl who has um, was defeated in the first game, but the evil claw gang are trying to put him back together, essentially. Uh, and it's just really good. It's one of those things, it's one of those uh, in that great era of, of kids' games where, like I say, they had a lot of effort, had a lot of design, had a lot of really talented people working on making yeah. them as charming, as interesting, as, as great to play as possible. And uh, it's um, because he's a, 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 a raccoon burglar, it has that <laughs> stealth angle. Yeah. So, uh, and, I tuned, and sorry, really I tuned out. I tuned out because it was so boring. Um, <laughs> did, did you did you explain how it was like Assassin's Creed or not? Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. loads of different. Yeah. It's got loads of different elements of it. It has the sandbox angle. It has the globe trotting angle. It has yeah. lots of different powers to get away from, to sneak around, and yeah. to and to get around. And you can you can you can kill people too. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, basically air miles and theft, Tom, is essentially Yeah, good. exactly. Mm. Yeah. Because, as I say, Assassin's Creed, you do a lot of killing, but you do a lot of infiltrating, you do a lot of stealing, you do a lot of walking slowly, talking to people, but Slag 2 is a better game because it doesn't have that. So... <laughs> So yeah, it's just a great it's just a great game. It has a lot of similar, slightly stealthy but more character action oriented elements. I tell you what, I've only played the first game, so that's why I was I think a bit confused when you first said, but but okay, so I know now that the the sequel is different and uh, a bit a little more sandboxy and a little more I wouldn't even say a little bit. It's a lot more sandboxy. You kind yeah. of it, it it's a very guided story. It's kind it's a like I say, you're going around collecting different pieces and there's always like a kind of megalomanic 
uh, villain in each area like there is in Assassin's Creed that you go from yeah. different target to different target and you have the uh, within the level you have the main target so in in the Paris level there's a, a kind of lizard dude called Dimitri who runs a nightclub and you have to steal the uh, he has like his he has the tail feathers of clockwork I think and he because they're made of such great uh, metal he's turned them into counterfeiting tools to print money so you have to you have to steal back these counterfeiting tools to from the from in Paris, and then in the Jesus. next level there's um, uh, and I remember in the Prague one I think the they have the 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 hypnotizing eyes of Clockwork that the uh, the spider villain in that one is is using to kind of rule the city and all that sort of stuff. So. Right, that is ins- that this is basically an Assassin's Creed game. I'm pretty sure like the 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 targets and origins are called shit like the spider, the lizard, <laughs> yeah. exactly, and they've all got and, fucking artifacts of Eden, and that's basically the this Clockwork shit you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, pieces of Eden. This is even better than I thought. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm shot. I I thought you'd really struggle to make this one fit mm. the topic. I thought you were gonna. I thought you disappointed. Can, I'm disappointed. I thought you constructed so well. some mad twenty minute argument at one a.m. that you were gonna just pick whatever and try and fit it in but you, but this is like this this slots in beautifully i'm yeah. i'm amazed all yeah, right it's, it is a brilliant game I, it, it's difficult to kind of like with right like tom probably might even vouch for me here that you think about the the most recent ratchet and clank game it's one of those things that it's difficult that it seems like oh it's just a kid's game it's a kind of pixar rip off that sort of thing but yeah, yeah when yeah. you actually play it it has so much effort, so much design, so much charm to it that you'd think, actually, this is really brilliant just on but, its own. But that's the Pixar thing, right? The, the, the Pixar secret that they're so good at, which is why Pixar began to surpass Disney Animation Studios, is that they were and still are excellent at making children's films that have a lot in them that are for adults, a lot of jokes that only adults get, a lot of references that only adults get, and storylines that aren't just old hat to adults and that in games um nintendo is exceptionally good at that but it's quite Mm. rare outside nintendo but this is totally like i think when you compare um when you compare mario to a lot of other platformers for instance the difference is is night and day uh but these are some of the games where yeah and and the, the, the modern ratchets too um you can see that sort of thread of adults can play it but it is a kid's game yeah, yeah, and yeah. just to take it to add one more element to it, there's the uh, so there's the kind of story connections, but there's also the gameplay connections that link it to Assassin's Creed. That you're not just like Cooper throughout Slide Two. You can play as his his partners in crime, Bentley the Turtle and Mori the Giant Pink Hippo. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so Assassin's Creed is dabbled in kind of multiple characters sometimes with Syndicate and with. Uh, uh, unity as well and they all have kind of different powers yeah and you had ev fry and jacob the pink turtle yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and the um and they all kind of exhibit different pieces of the assassin's creed formula that sly is very agile and mobile and he does all of the parkour stuff and then bentley um he's actually in a wheelchair so he has all of the kind of gadgets things and he uses that those kind of ingenious inventions to get around people and to escape from from frozen stuff and then Mori because he's a giant pig hippo can beat the ever living whatever out of everybody so he kind of has that um third person character action sort of beat him up style to him and it just fits perfectly 
I'm I'm absolutely Should astounded. I just not bother with my one. I'm absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely astounded. Um, all right, well let, let's move on to Tom's pick. Um, you know we, we've still got ten minutes to fill. We might as well. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom, which uh, firstly, uh, what is your pick, and which version of your pick is it? Well, while while this uh, while James is going on there forever, I did think about changing my choice because like there are a lot more. In my mind, suddenly all these games came into my head, sort of like uh, the, the Arkham games would be a good choice for this, wouldn't they? I, I would, I would accept. I the probably Arkham should games. have got The Witcher, The Witcher Three, probably would be a good one. I um, wouldn't accept I think the Witcher, the Witcher 3. was more influential on Assassin's Creed. Than yeah, Assassin's Creed I think that's. On the I, oh, think, that's yeah. why I didn't choose that one in the end because I thought exactly <laughs> that. And then, uh, and then I was thinking like the the, the Mordor game, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Good, yeah. good choice. Oh, You'd yeah, probably yeah, let me win yeah. if I picked that. I'd have been winning this episode. If you picked Shadow right? of Mordor, I would. But have, I didn't you pick any won. of those games. You didn't. No, you didn't. I made this choice very rashly this morning. Rashly in, this morning, the- after before you say the name of it, after basically complaining to me that uh, uh, suggesting to me that there weren't many games that fit this topic. Yeah, and, and now your your mind is swimming. I think in I much said, better choices. This this topic is bullshit. I'm pretty sure is what I said. That, to those you. are your exact words. Yeah. Right, so my choice is uh, another EA game when EA were like actually doing quite a lot of interesting games. I would yeah. say, which it's like yeah. one of it's like, like Activision as well. They've they've moved away from doing loads of different games and just focus on a small bunch of games instead. Yeah. Um, so twenty no two thousand eight maybe I think this was I think it was about a year after Assassins Mirror's Edge was released. You might think that's that's nothing like Assassin's Creed. Is I can hear you both, all three of you, even <laughs> thinking. Um, I mean, you claim stuff, but exactly like of all the like for me, the first Assassins. The thing I remember most about it was the the parkour stuff. They pushed that a lot. Like the parkour was like the big thing, like the the free running and how it was so smooth and you'd like glide over boxes and walls and then jump around it was like oh look at this it's so seamless and wonderful he just leaps around all the environment well mirror's edge does that from first person does it really really well and actually of like a game of that era holds up very well today like i played this on uh, xbox series x like six months ago or so and it yeah because because it's got like the, the enhancements to 4k and stuff it looks amazing still like i don't know quite how it looks that good but it does um and it's a bit ropey in certain areas. Like the com- the combat is not amazing, particularly the gun the gun combat stuff is a bit shit to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the actual parkour stuff, which is the link to Assassin's Creed here, yeah. Clearly, they were very influenced by Assassin's Creed, and it's clear for this podcast anyway that they were very influenced by Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, that the, the parkour stuff is really good, and it and it for a first person game where like platforming a first person is often a bit terrible. It does it really well, and you've got like where they've designed the, the worlds so that you kind of know where you're going, even though it looks to be like this big open environment. It's very linear in terms of how you get around it. But yeah. It does a really good job of pointing you where you should be going, and there's like color coding in terms of like Just, what the and anything means you can climb on is red, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's sort of. I think it's a bit more than that, Jim. To be clear, but yeah, yeah. So that okay. is that is my game. It is a really good game. It holds up really well. It's not a kid's game. It didn't close the studio. <laughs> um, so therefore probably should win and is like 
it's just it's just an all round good game and like uh had a Why? game fairly Did... recently like yeah i guess you could argue that it's kind of in the same genre like it sort of has that cyberpunk edge and you could argue that the 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 real the the, the latter day framing of assassin's creed has that kind of cyberpunk edge as well yeah exactly James, yeah. that's what i was thinking yeah i mean like if they'd really gone for like the, the modern day assassin stuff this is what it would be no, do you think it's really nice of james to help you out there? yeah yeah <laughs> he knows <laughs> he doesn't believe it but he's saying it for some yeah reason. but uh, there is there is there is one problem in this time i yeah. think which mm. is one problem the optimum way well many problems but the big one the optimum way to play this game the sort of canonical way to play this game you don't kill anyone yeah yeah i was, I was gonna say it isn't because uh, you, you pointed out tom that the combat wasn't great but the mm. entire focus of the game really is to avoid combat isn't it there you is are shooting a, and there you're is like a courier mm. yeah but, but i don't i don't kill anyone people. i don't kill anyone in assassin's creed when i play it. is that not you know you meant to play um but uh, no, like, yeah. I mean, I, I do see what you mean. It's got it's got the movement, and, and you are you are absolutely right. The uh, the parkour, the uh, traversal was a big part of like particularly the marketing of the first game. It was all about like you know you you can you leap around the, the rooftops, and th- this was essentially apart from the social stealth stuff. The uh, staying on the rooftops was how you evaded guards. Mirror's and Edge, stuff. Mirror's Edge yeah. is basically set on rooftops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like it, it's like you know if you if you if you reduce Assassin's Creed the first game down to like you know what what do people spend most of their time doing? I would say a good. 35 to 40 percent of your time is spent running a look across rooftops trying to find one of those wee pagoda things to hide in um when uh when you've just killed someone and uh, and there are everyone's chasing you because it's not i think james is right it's not particularly a stealth game because it's very it's almost impossible to kill any of your targets without without anyone knowing about it because you would think a stealth assassin it's like hitman right you don't actually want anyone to know that you've made the kill but assassin's creed you basically go right up to them stab them in front of everyone have a conversation in (laughs) some weird netherworld for about 10 minutes about about the fate of the universe or whatever wipe a feather on the wound that you (laughs) (laughs) like you've actually you actually stand there and do like a bit of admin and then you run away um so it's uh yeah i think i think mirror's edge fits i think all these games fit um and now i've got a pick one um so yeah once we all know we all know where this is going i just (laughs) yeah in in my opinion the saboteur is just the perfect it's it is probably my favorite assassin's creed game in a way I think the the saboteur is an is an interesting choice in that it came up against it it pretty much came right up against another sucker punch game in Infamous, came out the same year I think two thousand and nine. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. So and and it's and I don't think that we should kind of look down on it for closing this year because it had just such a, an amazing amount of competition in that year. Like it, we've mentioned Batman Arkham as well, that came out like a couple of months beforehand as well. Assassin's Creed 2 itself came out a couple of months before the Saboteur, so it it never stood a chance, really. It was in that weird era where games actually came out 
So who could actually <laughs> so unless yeah, you that, had unlimited money. Like the, the 360 heyday were like every month there was two or three things that, that two or three like 40, 50 quid games that you had to have. It's yeah. why I got into games um, media because I couldn't afford to buy all the games. Yeah, uh, that's just, why, just that's like why a I've truck come back. <laughs> pulled up outside my house every day with a new shipment of games. Right, I mean, look, joking aside, all three choices are really good. Uh, and uh, I think I think you've made a really good argument from, from Mirror's Edge. If you zero in on those on those traversal aspects, uh, particularly, Mirror's Edge is, is the perfect sort of first-person analogue of the original game. Um, and uh, Alex, the, the saboteur is, I, I think, certainly reflects uh, the entire kind of timeline of Assassin's Creed games, mm-hmm. what they what they were at the start and what they became. Like they did eventually become, uh, they did reflect a more modern world. In fact, like, you know, Syndicate, they described that as being in the modern era because it's post-industrial revolution. We've got like, uh, not motorized, but we have like wheeled vehicles on the streets, and you know the, the the Victorian era is not that different from how we're living now. You know the thing that surprises me actually, because obviously yeah. there's the saboteur and the other the the evolution from the saboteur on the game like an Assassin's Creed game, but slightly yeah. more contemporary line is Watch Dogs, and I'm quite surprised nobody picked Watch Dogs. Yeah. Um, but I think I, it, I think it would feel like a cheat because it is also Ubisoft and it is basically Assassin's Creed, isn't it? Like it's yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if someone had picked Watchdogs, that's what I would be telling them. I'd be, I'd be like, "You're not allowed to have that." Um, but you know, it, I was I was fully prepared to give it to the saboteur. But then uh, James Bloody made this. Wasn't it? it was the hippo. <laughs> James, and there, the there was this. You made this incredible argument for what I remember as as the daftest, as you say, furry inspired platformer. <laughs> that like every time, uh, every time the, the topic of like of uh, re- remaking or remastering some PS2 classics comes up, there's always some weirdos who want a sly sequel, <laughs> and everyone just sort of goes chop. Um, but, uh, so that's where it lived in my head and you've completely changed my mind about it. So, uh, and, uh, and I'm very old and, um, you know, on the cusp of becoming quite right wing. So that, that doesn't <laughs> usually happen to me anymore. So, uh, I got to give it to Sly 2, I think. Brilliant. I'm really happy with that. Cause I, I really, really like Sly 2. It's one of my favorite, very nostalgic for it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it it's really brilliant and you're right. People do want it new ones and remasters of them and they're they're, they're correct <laughs> i tell you what as well i'm gonna get a lot of angry tweets about this because i i had a lot of angry tweets about the wedding episode because everyone agreed with tom that tom was wrong mm. which tom says in every episode <laughs> even once he's actually won and uh i'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna be like well alex won that you robbed him you robbed alex um but uh but alex is a lot more gracious in lost than tom is so uh, maybe, maybe people won't make such a big deal about it alright well thanks very much for listening and uh, speak to you later like I said you will find out in this year podcast if you enjoyed the show please give us a 5 star review wherever you get your podcast it really helps us get the word out uh, we're not just a podcast of course if you'd like to hear more from the team then check out vg247.com for our fantastic news coverage features, reviews and game guides thank you so much for listening goodbye <laughs>